is the Blue Microphone's official podcast hosted by yours truly, Tyler Barth, all the way from Blue Studios out in Westlake Village, California, where we invite our favorite artists to come out and co-host the show. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with today's special guests. There's a heart here cast in stone and there's a past This is the Blue Microphones official podcast editor from the House of Rock in Santa Monica, California at the Blue Microphone Studio. I'm your host Tyler Barth with my co-host The Family Crest. Hello. How's it going? All right. Lady and gentlemen, it's awesome to have you guys out here today. It's the it's a great way to kickstart the week, to be honest with you. I mean, I know we all have great weekends, but I think we just found out the weekend continued into Monday, and uh, you guys crushed it today at the House of Rock. Oh, thank you. For those who'd like a definition on crushing it, these guys recorded three awesome tracks in the great room and, of course, all over the house to get the right sounds, um, and it was pretty spectacular, if you ask me. So thanks, for you guys, for coming out. For our podcast listeners who may not know the podcast format, uh, we are going to start out playing three tracks that you guys recorded here at the house. We're going to roll into two tracks available on iTunes from the new EP, and then we're going to do a show and tell. Everyone's been uh, asked to choose any track in the world, and uh, we're going to highlight them all here for you. And then we're going to wrap it all up with what's next for the Family Crest, and then we're going to invite you guys back out here the next time you have another EP to celebrate. So uh let's go back to the beginning it all begins liam you want to take it from here how did the band come to be yeah um we started out as a recording project actually john and i were in another band and had kind of just become disillusioned with with what that band had become about it was really it seemed like everyone wanted to be rock stars and kind of at the expense of the music a little bit and so we were actually planning on leaving music and we wanted something that we could you know in 10 years be proud of and be like that's what we did for five years of our life and so um we always like making music with people that was like the most fun that you can have is just getting a bunch of people together and singing and so we put out ads everywhere craigslist uh, just emailed old friends that we had gone to school with and we expected to get like five or you know maybe 10 people interested in doing it and the outcome was really large i think we ended up with like over 80 people on the first record and uh did you say 80 80 yeah over over 80 right on the first record yeah at least Mm -hmm. i think it was over it might have been over 100 it was just i think it was just below 100 yeah and we uh like like all artists nowadays right every (laughs) album's got at least 80 artists of course of course at least 80 (laughs) synthesizers yeah Yeah. (laughs) but we uh we didn't expect that and again it was just a recording project and all those people that we now call the extended family um, they wanted to see a band. They wanted to see the songs live that they just participated in recording, and so they asked us when we were going to do it. So John and I asked all these people, hey, do you want to join a band? And that's kind of how how it started out. So now we have, God, how many people are in the band now? Uh, we have 240 on our new album alone. Yeah. Uh, I would say we have at least 400. Yeah. Not in, naturally. In our well, extended the, family. The way we kind of do artists. it is that anytime someone performs with us or records with us, we consider them a band member and they don't have to deal with like all the stuff that you deal with in being a band, like being on the road and putting your entire life into it. And, you know, it at the start, it kind of became this, it was this thing about collaboration, but over the years, it's kind of become, um, 
you know, we've worked with a lot of conservatory members as well as like people that just sing in the shower. And it's amazing that you have these people that go to school and get their masters in music and then there's just not enough work and they end up working in banks or they end up working in cafes or video stores, you know, and they don't ever have a chance to perform, especially in a level like this, you know, I mean, most classical musicians don't play in rock bands and it's a totally different experience from like, you know, the fan perspective. And so it kind of became a lot about giving these people a chance to express themselves without having to be locked into a commitment. Um, and it's just an honor to get to play with so many awesome people. I mean, as a writer, you know, it's changed so much over the last three and a half years that we've been a band because I'd never really composed before. And now over the last two years, I've gotten to talk directly with the musicians. And, you know, I took George before he joined the band, I took him out to lunch and just asked him, you know, how do you like the trombone used as a trombone player? Like, what did, what do other composers do that, you know, people that play the trombone don't like? And what don't they do that, you know, you wish they did? And it gives me kind of a fresh outlook in terms of, like, working with other instruments. So. I think also we live in a very disconnected age with the Internet and cell phones. And uh, it's a really special experience uh, to have a recording session in a cafe that's open to the public and be singing next to two people that you've never met before, but you're doing something together that's tangible and very meaningful, I think. It's amazing for us to meet all of these people and really make solid yeah. connections with them. Yeah, and it, it gives us a chance also to become like family and friends with our fans mm -hmm. because those people support us and then we give them a chance to sing on the record and like it's... I mean, it's more our honor than anything else because they support us constantly. And then we get to like, I mean, the last record that we're releasing in January, it's recorded. And it's amazing when I was recording and I was listening to it. It's like listening to the last two years of my life. All of my best friends that I've met are now in one place together, you know. And that's really epic and awesome. So even if you can't really carry a tune, you can be part of the choir. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You want yeah. in, you want to jump back, in. Back vocals? I love there back you go. vocals. I'm well, in. And what's crazy, too, that, that we've found is that a lot of people say, oh, I can't sing. But if you put somebody in a choir with, like, 30 other people, it's their voice will, if you run it over and over and over, you don't just record it one time and say, we're done. You play it over and over again, and it gets stuck in their system, and they start feeling it here, and they sing in tune, you know, mm -hmm. and it's it's amazing when you see that happen, when somebody can listen to this choir track and and has never recorded anything, and now they're on an album, and they can, like, you know, say, look at, I'm on an album, you know, it's it's really awesome. Do you list all, we'll say for this album, 280 members that... Oh, yeah. yeah. They're all in the album. Yeah, they're, they're all in the liner notes, liner notes, yes. They're all in the liner yep. notes. They're all on the website, too. Name. That so is freaking awesome. We're still... And, and, you know, let's, let's bring it back a little bit now for the marketing standpoint. Yeah. You know, if everybody, you know, has 10 friends that's part of the band... You're, you're looking 2,800 strong right here, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Of course, I don't have 10 friends, so I probably would really bring the average These down. are These are my... Seven friends. So. Yeah. yeah, so I think this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Well, this is a great opportunity. Why don't we start with Charlie on the end? Why don't you guys uh, announce yourselves in the group and what you play? My name is Charlie Akerts, and I am the new cellist. I have just now joined the band. Uh, this is my second week now. I actually was originally in the first album four years ago or three years ago, three yeah. and a half years ago. Charlie was on the first album, The Village. I was Village. on the first album, and yeah. then I actually moved away like a fool. 
And, uh, <laughs> even though I knew, I even knew from the very beginning, I was really excited to play with these guys. And I, I had other other plans on the East Coast. And then I chatted with uh, Owen and Liam a couple months ago and found out that their cellist uh, Lucas was uh, was planning on leaving. And so the timing couldn't have been better, and so I got to come back, and here I am. And now second we're really chance. lucky. <laughs> and now, yeah, yeah, second chance here, and I get to come back and play some great music. So, it's sounds exciting. great. Yeah, it's Charlie number two. Yeah, I'm actually, Charlie. you're Charlie number one. I d- thank you. Well, <laughs> well, actually, actually, technically, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> let's hold on a second. <laughs> technically, that's Charlie number one. I he, was here first. That, that, that is true. Three and a half years ago. That is true. He's also larger. We've been trying to differentiate between the Charlies, and um, I've never been in a band with another Charlie. I've never even been in a class with another Neither Charlie. I worked a job with another Charlie. Another room so, with another Charlie. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so now we got two Charlies in the band, and neither of us go by Chuck or Chaz or Chet or uh, Chip or whatever yeah, else Chad, you can call it. Like so they've been trying to figure out what to call us to differentiate. We could say Cello Charlie and Drummer Charlie. Um, we could say... New Charlie, old Charlie. No. no, what they settled on was good Charlie and bad Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and every single one of our friends knows without prompting which one is which. This only started like a week ago. Yeah. And Liam's like, go get me bad Charlie. <laughs> and somebody's like, oh, no problem. Yo, you, over here. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's also the drummer. Yeah. yeah. The best part is like all of our our fans are starting to chant good Charlie. Good yeah. Charlie. We're playing a show and and uh, and uh, Charlie starts playing a solo, begin a song like get it, good Charlie. <laughs> So it's, it's sticking on. It's only and been like three, you know, one, a week. You already yeah. have fans catching on the good Charlie, bad Charlie. Yeah. I'm, I'm sensing some merchandise where it's like Family Crest on the front and then good Charlie or bad Charlie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Team bad Charlie. Black shirts. Yeah, we'll take the Instagram photo we made where it's like half one Charlie face and half the other. Put that on a shirt. Good yeah. Charlie, bad Charlie. Yeah. Don't fuck with the Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's great. I like oh, it. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's a marketing brainstorm meeting here. <laughs> yeah, I may not have any friends, but I might come up with oh, some good brilliant. ones. That's really good. Um, all right. Let's go to Owen. What's up, man? Well, I'm Owen Sutter, and I play violin. Fantastic. George? George Saman from Chicago, Illinois, trombone. Beautiful. <laughs> Gotta Chicago. throw it in. Uh, rep Chicago, I man. Yeah. <laughs> Laura. I'm Laura Bergman from San Francisco, California. <laughs> And I play flute and piano and percussion, and I sing a little bit. Uh, I'm Liam McCormick, and I, I write the music, and I play guitar and piano, and uh, I'm from the middle of nowhere, California. Calaveras County represent. That's the way to do it. I'm John Cedarlin. I play bass, and I'm uh, from Pacifica, which is down the peninsula from San Francisco. It's basically the suburb of San Francisco. Taco Bell on the beach. Taco Bell on the beach. If no one, yeah, there's pro- I think an article was just. Taco Bell in California. Yeah, we've, I think. We've taste tested. I think an article just came out about the best Taco Bell in the world, and it's yeah, it Taco did. Bell on the beach, because it's like the only Taco Bell on the beach in like the world or something. It's all we're famous for. Taco it's all we're Bell famous for. Taco Bell is going to have to pay us attention. I know, right? I am repping you Taco Bell on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> they must have a really long lease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We were still paying that $500 a month from 1965. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's great. So now forever I will remember John and Taco Bell in the same sentence. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah, that's a 
good. That's way a good to way to remember. It John. works too because I actually enjoy Taco Bell, so it's not <laughs> far off. I believe their headquarters are in Carlsbad. Oh, sweet. That's not too far. I may, like be able to, I may be able to arrange that. Yeah. It's, like a little, a little mean it's like Mecca for John. <laughs> <laughs> he, he makes the trip once a year. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, t- as you know, Taco Bell is very into, you know, not, I wouldn't say sponsoring artists, but they're into, like, I think it's Feed the Beast. Is that is that oh, what yeah. it is? They have, they have right, an right. artist program oh, that God. if you call them ahead of time, say we're going to be on the road, they give you a card, which allows you to oh, go no. to... The Taco Bells across. The so, United so by States. the end of that tour, and I will be I may, huge. By the way, <laughs> I may be fabricating this. I might, I might have dreamed this up, but I thought I'd chime in at this. This moment. is a good idea, though. So, so yeah, if it's Bank not real thing, you know, they should be thinking about it now. Here's something I know is a fact: is that Taco Bell invites artists down to create their own taco and name their own taco. Oh. Um, this this is facilitated by people like me, <laughs> and I call up my crew over at Taco Bell and I say, "Listen, I've got the family crest. They're coming down, and they want to name a taco. Are we good with that?" Oh no! The good Charlie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so our podcast listeners, it's time to play you some music. So the first track that these guys recorded today is "The River," and uh, you know where Liam was that originally written. Um, well, we, we recently got signed to a label out of Portland, Tender Living Empire, and we, we brought them the record uh, that we're releasing in January, and they liked it, and they're like, you know, we want to give it enough time to, to get, you know, promotions together and whatnot, can you do an EP? And we're like, oh, okay, and, and we had about a month to do a five-track EP, which, you know, when you're working with, like, an orchestra of people is kind of scary, and then we were on tour, so we ended up actually having about two weeks to do it. So we stopped into their house on tour, and I was like, all right, these are the songs that I just, you know, have been kind of, like, humming around. If you like it, then I'll work on it. And I played that, and they loved it. And so then we went down to L.A., and I wrote all the lyrics while I was sitting in Laura's grandfather's house, and we kind of pieced together and threw it on the EP. So I hear Laura's <coughs> grandfather's house, which is where you're all staying, yes. for the most part, is, is really chilly. This time of year, <laughs> it's incredibly it, hot. Yeah. It's Pasadena, so it's yeah. He is an amazing man. He is a product of the depression, so he's very particular about conserving every resource imaginable. So uh, I guess he gets some sort of break from PG&E if he keeps the house above seventy-eight or no, he has to keep seventy-nine it at degrees. Seventy-eight. <laughs> at seventy-eight degrees, so the house is seventy-eight degrees. But. <laughs> I feel like I'm in some kind of comedy right now. <laughs> well, we should say that Don. He's like home here. If you keep your house at around 90, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to give you a rebate. Yeah. We can't, we can't complain because we, yeah, he's we can't so complain. sweet and he's and he allows all of us yeah. Up. Yeah, seven so people to stay in his house and, and for gotta, a month, basically. And you got to understand, Don is the, like the most badass old man I've ever met. Like we <laughs> we came home one night and it was I think about 1:30 in the morning and he was gone. Like, this is an 87-year-old man that's just gone at 1.30 in the morning. And we're like, where's Don? And Laura's a little nervous. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll just go to sleep. It's fine. Just just make sure he's okay. Like, 2 in the morning, Don strolls in. And we have a few of our friends there. And one of our, our friends, Caitlin's sitting there drinking a, a beer. And he walks up to her. doesn't say anything. just goes, is that my beer? And she's like, no, no, it's mine. And he's like, oh, okay, can I have one? And he pops a beer with us at 2 a.m. And just... <laughs> <laughs> shooting the shit hanging out with us it was hilarious 
So you can't I, complain I think we about need anything. to give a shout out to Don. Poppy. 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 All right. Poppy Burton. Yeah. All right. He was on the roof yesterday. <laughs> Checking the well, satellite. walking around on the roof. So he just got up on the roof without telling any of us. <laughs> Is it a fair question to ask, is Don part of the family crest? He no. should be. He should be. Honorary. He's an honorary He literally member. puts yeah. us up every... I mean, honestly, that's part of the hard... The hardest part about being in a... Well, one of the hardest parts about being in a band is not having places to sleep. And, uh, you know, well, the extended family thing definitely helps. helps. We have we have family yeah. everywhere. But uh, Dawn puts us up. And, I mean, we're a large band, so putting up a seven-piece seven band people, is, yeah. you know... We've got people sleeping in the living room and stuff and, you know... But he's awesome. <laughs> you guys ever slept seven people in the same room? Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. We did it in Seattle. We've done it in. We yeah. did it on our way to yeah. South by in a hotel room. Yeah. That was rough. We got in trouble for that though. Yeah. Oh no, that was in Ashland in Medford. They got kind of. Didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a group on the podcast called the Constellations from Atlanta, Georgia, and it was all guys and two girls, and I think it was six dudes, two girls, and they did. And they all shared a van, and they would go to Travel Lodge, yeah. and they would literally, yeah. you know, you, you can make it happen. That's what you gotta do. Like, that is what you gotta do. It, you know, <laughs> the smartest things that you can buy if you're in a band on the road is an air mat a good sleeping bag, and a quick-dry towel. Yep. yep. That's all you need. You're, you're set. Oh, earplugs are good. Earplugs, yeah. An eye pillow thing. So now we're going for – now, I still stand by the three things. Those are the most important. <laughs> <laughs> it varies based on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Without further ado, from the House of Rock, we've got the family crest performing The River. Here you have it.
So the next track you guys recorded today um, is a track called Love Don't Go, which is actually a single, the first single off the EP. It is. Yes. And I'm just going to plug right now. Um, for those listening to the podcast who have not gone to thefamilycrest.net, go there now. You will be directed to a music video for Love Don't Go. And I think it would be an appropriate time for you guys to tell me how this music video was shot because... It was 
awesome. We just we just saw it. It came out today. This podcast will be published a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But who wants to take who recorded this and give us the play by play of shooting this music video? Well, our our friend Keith Lancaster, um, we met him at a show that we had done in L.A. a few years back, and we we knew mutual people, and um, we became really good friends with him. And I had this idea for I've I've always loved one shot videos. Um, and, and thought we could make something really interesting work with a band that has all these different instruments. You know, you're walking down the street and lots of instruments. Um, and so I brought an idea to him, and, and he's like, we can do a one-take video. And he, he called up his friend Jose, who's amazing, and he brought a steady cam down, and we called up a bunch of extended family members and, and you know, got them all together for one shoot. And we, we didn't expect to do it quickly. We thought it would take a few hours. And we went through, like, two rehearsals of it couple run throughs and then randomly managed to do it in the first take and you know when you're doing it's just like anything you know music anything artistic like sometimes the first time is the best and there might be a few little things in it that aren't perfect but you'll overthink it the second time you'll overthink it the third time and it'll just seem contrived so i don't know it just worked extremely well and we we did not expect to do it in one take so Kudos to all the extended family that were on that. Yeah, and clearly there was magic present that day, yeah. right? There's how many different <clears throat> instruments did you guys have in that video? Oh god. Oh. Uh, many. You'll have to watch it to find out. That's right. That's <laughs> See, right. But all the instruments. <laughs> Lots of people. Uh, my guesstimation is probably 30. There there were probably a little over 30 people there, yeah. Mhm. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, Quiet. picture one shot take with 30 musicians scrambled up and down a San Francisco street. Basically, yeah. Exactly. And uh, it gets complicated toward the end. It does. And uh, it's <laughs> worth checking out. You so. can see Liam's Vespa, his green Vespa. <laughs> oh, Kiwi. Yeah, Easter egg. It's not named Kiwi. It's not. Without further ado, from the House of Rock, the track is Love Don't Go by the Family Crest. Given up on the stone you call a heart, sing it out. Whoa, 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 sing it out. Whoa, 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 whoa. You would 
Again, I, I love that track. And I, I got to be honest, you know, you guys have recorded all over the house of rock today. I think this is my favorite song that was recorded today just because that great room features it. And I think the energy that you had with that song meshes very nicely well with the house. So, Well, the house is amazing. Yes. It really is. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's hard to sound bad here. You really have to work for it. Yeah, and for those of you who've never been here, it's it's this beautiful what 1920s home, and that has recording plugs in every single room of the house, and for us it's kind of a dream come true because when we started this, John and I, um, partially for cost reasons, but also because of you know performance reasons, we we record all of our own music except for drums and bass because we kind of believe if you take an opera singer or a violinist or noble player and put them in a studio room it's pretty sterile and it feels definite and and you might feel like you're going to screw up and ruin everything and versus if you put them in a living room or in a church they're going to feel a lot less you know pressure and they're going to give you a better performance 
and recording here is like having a studio and that at the same time. I mean, you know, we've never done anything to this extent live before, you know, and it can be pretty difficult when you're doing something because with, for those of you out there that know microphones, I mean, you have to have a high gain, which means you have to crank uh, the amount of sound that the mic picks up for instruments like strings or violins and flutes. But with drums, they're very loud instruments. So if you put a drum kit in the same room, you're going to have a bleed and it's going to be really difficult to manage that. And here we could put a drum kit upstairs in an isolation booth with a bass player. We could put me downstairs in a library and use the books to absorb the sound of the guitar. And we can put the stringed instruments and the orchestral instruments in, in this big wooden hall. And so you have everything that you need in one place. So it for us again it is a total dream recording place you know it works and i will say this you know we met uh just a couple weeks ago at the beach uh you guys were playing a very cool event that had like a terrible acoustic arrangement and it made me think about what better can i do to offer up the the opposite extreme condition which is give them a massive house to sound great versus a very small place that had different level halls and people and stale floors and just it felt very like linoleum style and uh that was a terrible representation of what that place was <laughs> it actually it was actually right on the beach it was absolutely gorgeous it's, it's pretty just, it was pretty beautiful for for the record it was just not great and conducive especially with a small amp to talk, to play over a lot of people. A big cement box is hard when you're working, yeah. But it was it was fun, and and you can't beat the view. You can't beat it. So I, I basically said, Liam, you guys come out. We'll do a day of pre-production. You tell me what you want to record, and we'll get some great engineers on board, and we'll, we'll make some magic happen. And here we are. And you know, I will commend you guys as a group of following up. Prime time. I mean, the reality is this this place may not be going any, you know, couple weeks from now, we may not have it. So time is of the essence. You guys followed up, and we got three amazing tracks, which leads us to the third track that you recorded today called Marry Me. What's it like, Bad Charlie? Is it not called Marry Me? No, it is Marry Me. <laughs> My stomach's just growling. My stomach is growling. Fair enough. So, <laughs> as a drummer, Charlie, bad up. Charlie, yeah. what's it like to play Marry Me live? Uh, it's awesome. Um, I had a couple different tempos to worry about. Um, we slow down and pick it back up, and slow down again and pick it back up. Kind of um, gives a, a rise and an ebb to the tide of what I think Liam's going for in the song. Um, it took us a while to actually solidify where we wanted it to fall to tempo-wise and uh, how to bring it back up without sounding like you're rushing it. Um, and in the end, um, we end up with a breakdown that's just, it starts off with just me and Liam, just a guitar and a bass drum and try to bring up as much energy as possible. Um, and then we go into kind of a new school Tom Groove I was inspired by a band from San Francisco and um, Liam turned me on to him actually and uh, it's 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 a lot of fun to play it's it's different but it usually gets the crowd going sounds good to me let's play it from the house of rock the track marry me by the family crest
Oh, oh, darkness rocks the soil And our bodies twitch and toil
help me understand it, it was actually it was actually written we have uh this epic other record project that we want to do eventually and it ha- follows a storyline and it was actually written for that um that piece um it's about two people kind of falling in love and obviously marry me <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um but yeah that's where it was written and and it was interesting when we were asked to do the ep i'm i'm really you know it's this project that's very close to me that I really want to do, and it's 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 uh, pulling songs from projects like that are kind of hard, but it just seemed like it was of the time. I mean, it seemed like this is the time that people would really appreciate a song like that. And, you know, we have such an eclectic sound. I mean, I love listening to almost everything, you know what I mean? And everything that I've listened through to through my life I've taken something from it I mean in high school I even listened I listened to corn in high school but I learned dissonance from corn you know what I mean like you always learn something and you know so with that track it was like a chance to pull out my country roots and let people hear what I've been doing growing up down there <laughs> and the ladies love it and the ladies the love ladies it. love that song and the gentlemen love it as well they do no I do I'm not denying but the ladies love it the ladies <laughs> definitely love that song <laughs> All right, well, we're onward to the EP titled The Headwinds. Uh, it's also the title track you guys have um, that we're going to highlight next. Uh, Owen, what's it like to uh, play this song live, The Headwinds? Headwinds is really fun. It's interesting. I, it's, it's, I think it's probably the song with the longest intro before the violin comes in, which gives me an interesting amount of time to like kind of... Find a new spot on the stage to stand in. Sometimes you find a staple or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but it is actually. I'd much rather play than just stand there. I always feel like more nervous when I have to stand for 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a really fun song. It's it's kind of it shifts back and forth quickly between like, the phrases are all like contrasting phrases. It goes back between vocals, back to the instruments. So it's. It's kind of fun. It's a little roller coaster I don't know. It's a good song. All right. Also available on iTunes off the Headwinds EP, the track, The Headwinds by the Family Crest. There was a cold summer snow on the streets and towns below. You stuck your name into the ground with me. 
But love like our frigid things We did melt away with ease Washed away in iniquities We set out into the sea Like a wave upon the shore We rose up and crashed back down upon ourselves And the words that flood our lips Bitter shrieks and evil quips Oh how they stain Oh they stain the ground below questions for you the track is brittle bones what is your relationship to this song brittle bones is actually when um when liam started kind of demoing for us the tracks on the ep brittle bones stuck out like immediately to me because it's just it's you know it's really fun and pa pa it's got like big drums and it it kind of bridges the gap uh between our last album and this ep um, and it's also personally, it's fun for me because it's the only time I've ever had like a bass solo. It's at the end of the song. There's a lot of stuff going on at the end of the song, so you may not even hear it because there's a, a killer sax solo going on as well. But I have a bass solo, <laughs> yeah, at the end, and it's I never thought I would be doing something like that in this band since you have all these classical instruments, and obviously those are gonna 
you know, I'm just the, I'm just there to hold down the rhythm with Charlie while the classical instruments yeah. are usually there to, you know, do all the cool lines. But I got, you know, I, I think I, I don't I don't know if it was originally there, but I played it for for, you know, to see how he would react. And usually I, would, I was wait, you know, ready to be turned down like, no, no, you know, you just hold it down. And he was like, no, that's awesome. Let's do it. And I'm like, yes. So that's my it's my shining moment. You know, <laughs> I didn't think anyone would like the track in the band, because like I said, I. You know the stuff I write's re- really based on what I listened to over the years, and it's, so it's super eclectic. And I was, I was listening to a lot of. Uh, I mean, I'd written it like a year and a half, two years ago, and then when I brought it back out, it kind of reminded me of Lee Fields in a way. It has this kind of soul back to it, um, and Russian opera. But <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but the ending of the song, it, it sounds like a, like a kind of funky soul song. Yeah, because it's got this and, awesome sax solo, and yeah, and, I'm just like going, yeah. and I go way up there. But it was awesome because John just stepped up, and he's like, I'm going to do this. And he pulls out his bass and just starts like soloing the hell out of it. And I was like, that's badass. We have to put – because, I mean, we're known as like orchestral indie rock, you know, and – and when people hear that, they think automatically like, oh, you look at the strings, you look at that. But we all listen to like Motown and jazz and rock. And so getting to throw a bass solo into a live show of ours was kind of like, yes. With bass distortion. Too. Oh, yeah. Like, we got to use some fuzz. I never thought I was be using, using fuzz in this band, you know? Because <laughs> it went from funk to like Geezer Butler style Black Sabbath. It's uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> a fun song to play. It's so very is fun. this Don's favorite song? <laughs> it should be. Uh, it should we be. just gave him the EP. I am awaiting his review okay. of it. <laughs> we don't know yet. What his he, favorite favorite he's a t- he is a tough critic. I'm a he little nervous. To, I heard Dawn. him listening to it the other day, and he like listened to the first ten seconds of each one of them, then skipped to the next one. He's like, mm, okay, okay, good. <laughs> next one, like, oh, that's okay, that's good. <laughs> next one, oh, okay, that one's good too. Ten seconds. Nice, yeah. But we like should also seconds, put it out there. Just, he, he's got somewhere to be. He yeah. came home late that night. Because he had been at the Willie Nelson concert. Yeah. He goes to many Bowl. concerts. At the Hollywood Bowl. He's 87, and he went to Willie Nelson at the Hollywood Bowl. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And he still had a beer when he got home. That's <laughs> right. That's right. He That's cracked funny, it we were at a party, and someone was like, I just saw Willie Nelson. I was like, oh, Laura's grandpa was there. <laughs> 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 She's like, really? Yeah. yeah. What are you guys doing? You know, going home and <laughs> going to sleep. Laura's grandpa was there. So, Laura, basically, you were born to rock, essentially. With your flute and your, and your piano and everything else. <laughs> That's great. I, I think this is awesome. Um, all right. So without further ado, the track is Brittle Bones. It's off the Headwinds EP by the Family Crest. Here you have it.
way down your throat. Oh, the bark is now a kindly calling out, and the sun's going down, down, down. All right, we are back. So, uh, I have a couple things to say. Uh, number one, it's awesome that we got the EP both live at the House of Rock, and then we got two already recorded tracks available for sale on iTunes. So all of our listeners who have not gone to iTunes to purchase the entire EP, do it now. Uh, it's a request, and uh, it's a demand, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a little choice. Oh, you're really. <laughs> uh, no, really. Uh so this next part of the podcast, uh, I've asked you guys to pick any track in the world um, that you'd like to feature in the podcast, and um, it could be something that's extremely um, contemporary or recent, or something that you know maybe has inspired you to be a musician, or really anything else. So I'm gonna stay with Good Charlie first. Does that work? Yeah. All right, Good Charlie. What's your uh, what's your track? Well, I spent a lot of time listening to classical music growing up, and my track. Uh, was the cello concerto by Edward Elgar, uh, performed by Jacqueline Dupre. It was a, a song, it was a piece that I listened to many, many, many times as a child. I remember I had started playing the cello when I was five, and my dad was a cellist, and we used to listen to incredible performers all the time. He would take me to concerts, which didn't happen all that much because I grew up in Alaska. So it was like whenever somebody came to Alaska, I like jumped on board and we went to go watch these guys and stuff. But I was like mesmerized by the cello right away it was just it was unbelievable and as soon as i heard that piece i knew i had to i had to play the cello it's great sounds great so for the first time in the 158 podcasts i've done i'm gonna have you introduce the track but i want it in your movie voice <laughs> so track title <clears throat> and by track title and by let's see one woman on the brink of extinction the elgar cello concerto by jacqueline dupre I mean, this is why I love this podcast. <laughs> I mean, Charlie, I could put you to work as a voice actor any day of the week. All right. Incredible. That's good <laughs> Give me <work>. a call. <laughs> That's, of course, the good Charlie. Rolling right, right into the bad Charlie. <clears throat> oh, yes. Bad Charlie, yes. what's your track? Um, my track is called Fools, and it's by the Dodos. It's a, a kind of an indie rock duo from San Francisco. And I wasn't familiar with the Dodos until I joined the Family Crest. And I think it was maybe the first or second rehearsal I had with just Liam and John. And I asked Liam uh, who he was listening to. And he said, oh, well, you know, you got to check out this band, the Dodos. They've got this great lead frontman, Merrick Long, and uh, he's got a great voice and he's a great guitar player. But their drummer is this dude named Logan Croner, and he plays a drum set without a bass drum but you'd never notice it, the way that he composes these beats. And he's uh, incredibly creative when it comes to the drums. He, he doesn't play in a traditional way whatsoever. And um, the, the interplay between the two of them really is unique and it's special. They, they can be pretty badass without going to a bunch of cymbals and distortion, just acoustic guitar and 
some toms and some rim shots and it's awesome really good stuff all right i like that intro without further ado the track is fools by the dodos I think I threw my band for a loop with this one. I think they all expected me to do classical music. Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, because I listen to it a lot and I talk about it a lot. But um, I thought I might do something different today. So I picked In a Sentimental Mood by Duke Ellington with uh, John Coltrane. And I just love this. I've been listening to this song since I was like 12. And I think I probably listen to it at least every six months, if not more. I don't think you can find a period of more than six months where I haven't heard this song. Well, before we introduce the track, I have to ask, are you excited about the show Homeland and how it consistently is kind of going back into the jazz world? That's the ongoing theme and the soundtrack to... Uh, I have never seen Homeland. You haven't. I Everyone says it's like amazing. It's on HBO, right? Yeah, it's on HBO. And uh, it's the, really, literally the, the show's soundtrack, um, even though... It's, you know, about the terrorists and the CIA sort of chasing, you know, the terrorists and everything. Um, there's still this, like, undertone that, you know, features jazz music in almost every single um, episode. Claire Danes, the main character, essentially that's her way of escaping this crazy world that, uh, you know, the, that really consumes her life. And this is her only way to get away. That's pretty cool. I'm going to have to watch it now. So it's, it's the fourth season starting, I think, next weekend, so... Um, you've got some catching up to do. You got three seasons <laughs> in a week. Have so yeah. much free time. Yeah. Yeah. We have plenty of time on the bus. We're good. <laughs> nice little plug for Homeland, my favorite show. So, without further ado, the track is "In a Sentimental Mood" by Duke Ellington and John Coltrane. <laughs> What can I say? All right, we are back, and we are on to George. What's your track, my man? I'm going with a track by my favorite artist of all time, most beautiful voice, uh, really natural phrasing and musicality, Amy Winehouse. The track is Love is a Losing Game. And it's a special version. Yeah, it's the demo version. It's when she just, like, sat down for her producers and played it on acoustic guitar. All right, so without further ado... We've got the track Love is a Losing Game, the demo version, acoustic style, by Amy Winehouse. For you I was a flame Love is a losing game Five-story fire as you came Love is a losing 
Lady Laura. Uh, my track is by Sufjan Stevens. It's called Concerning the UFO Sighting Near Highland, Illinois. It's off of his Illinois album. Uh, and I chose this track because the first time I ever heard it, I was in my car, I was in high school, and I was just completely transported and blown away because it was the first track I'd heard uh, in a very long time uh, by an indie artist. Uh, that incorporated my instrument, the flute. This was before I played piano in a band. Um, and I just think it's so beautiful. So here it is. All right. The track is Concerning the UFO Sighting Near Highland, Illinois. And it's by Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> said the song right brilliant um all right liam yes you're up uh, i chose the song asia by steely dan it's off the album asia and um i remember my dad you know i i grew up listening to all sorts of different stuff and i was very lucky because my parents listened to really great music but he never played me steely dan i never heard anything and i sang in you know a few jazz choirs and i think it was because of what i was listening to he he didn't think I could handle it at the time. And and then one day he's like, okay, you're listening. Oh, you're listening to that. Okay, cool. I got something to show you. And he pulled up this blue cassette tape that I still have. And I still think that this album sounds best on cassette. And he put it in and it was the first track on the record. And it's unbelievable. I mean, it's it was recorded in Los Angeles in I think the late 70s. And they used tons of different musicians and... Um, you know, got to pick and choose from all these different amazing musicians what they wanted in the end result. So there's actually different versions of the song that you can find with like different soloists, but it ends with a, with like a five minute drum and sax solo. That's just mind blowing. So if you can find that version, that's the one. Without further ado, the track is Asia by Steely Dan. So, John, you're about to round it out, and i got to say, one of the reasons I absolutely love this part of the podcast is we have chosen from all different types of music, and it sort of 
makes a lot of sense now that you guys have become a family. If you all love the same type of music, I mean, that would be kind of cool. But what makes us really cool is the fact that we're nearing 80 degrees in this room, right, Laura? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laura's like, all right, Super all right enough talking, Tyler. Wrap I'm dying up. right here. <laughs> yeah, we, we turn the AC off, and we are in the main room of the studio. And if the AC's on, we're just going to hear this hiss the whole time. So we've actually... You know, now we've, we're probably well into an hour into this podcast, and uh, you know we're all sweating bullets, all literally. So to finish my thought, it's just great to see all different types of music come together and see you guys representing all of that. So, John, without further ado, what's the seventh and final track? The the track I chose is "I Want You Back" by the Jackson Five, and why this track particularly is important to me and and when you asked the question i was like hmm what what's something that has stuck with me through different periods of my life because there's been songs that are appropriate for certain stages of life but this song in particular it's special in different periods when i was younger obviously just hearing it it's an awesome song um you know like a lot of jackson five tunes but later and more recently um, because when I, I actually didn't play bass before this band, I learned to play the bass, particularly for the band. So when, you know, looking up kind of bass players to idolize and there's, you know, there's plenty, you know, there's, uh, uh, John Patitucci and Jocko and, and stuff like that. And, um, but Jermaine Jackson is sweet. Like <laughs> that bass line, and I want you back is so sweet. Like I literally, when I was teaching my, I locked myself in my room to like learn how to play bass, and I was, you know, I was doing all the Family Crest songs. But w- one song I was working on outside was this song, and I'd put my iPhone and like videotape me playing it, trying to like get it right. I still don't think I play it like as good as he did, but <laughs> but it's still like so you know it haunts me, but <laughs> but it, it's like something to live up to, you know. <laughs> Right, right. I'll hum the bass line even. Do 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 but that's why that song is is kind of important important to me and, and relevant now and you know before sounds good to me let's play it the track is i want you back by the jackson five So we'll round it out with the house pick, which I've chosen Little Comets. They're actually playing Hotel Cafe tonight, so I figured I would feature them. They just released a 14-track LP called Life is Elsewhere. They're out in Newcastle. They're a three-piece, and the track is called Bridge Burn. Here you have it by Little Comets.
So Family Crest, guys, you've inspired me. I, it makes me feel really good that we also at Blue Microphones have a family. We call it the Blue Mob, uh, Musicians of Blue. And uh, the only way to be a part of the Blue Mob is to come out and you know do something at our headquarters, You know the Esquire House studio that we, we created. Uh, we've been a part of a lot of projects like Bronson Island, El Gonzo, but now the House of Rock. And basically... It says that you guys actually know that when you're talking about blue, you've had an experience with blue. And so, you know, we'd like to invite you into the blue mob since you guys have your family. We, our family is the blue mob. So welcome if you'll have us. And uh, yeah, we, we actually take a lot of pride in, in the people that make up the blue mob because you don't just get to be part of the blue mob. You've got to actually make that effort of getting out to our headquarters, doing a mic tasting like Liam did today and which which was great and yeah i mean we, we you know we don't you know we don't have to talk about the the mic tasting per se i think it, i think it's super important i mean i think it's it's one of the most i know you're hot but it is it's one of the most important things that that any company can do which is showcase all of their their microphones and all their product and and do a blind listen through because i think a lot of artists go in and they buy the most expensive guitar or they buy the most expensive microphone you know, thinking that it's going to make them perfect, but that's not always the case. It totally depends on the person. It totally depends on, you know, what suits them. And I like the fact that, I mean, you were telling me that somebody came in and you found that like 
a $200 microphone sounded better than the, what, $15,000 mic or whatever, you know? it That's important to show artists, I think. And so kudos to you for doing that. Yeah, well, thanks for participating. And I guess we can say the Blueberry yes. came out strong. Yeah, yes. your first mic, right? Yep, first mic we ever created. It's a great mic. Awesome. It sure is. So uh, let's use this time for some shout-outs. Uh, anybody, I know we've given Dawn a shout-out. Poppy, we gave uh, Poppy a shout-out. The uh, the guys, uh, Keith and Jose, who did the music video. Oh, okay. And Jess. And Jess. Jess was here today. Jess was yes. here today, too. Tacos Delta. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Delta. Yeah. Feeding us. Tacos Delta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no Tacos Delta and Taco Bell are going to have to have a battle. Mm. No, there's no battle. Delta That's... will... We yeah. should. Yeah. Business battle. They, we should thank the crew here yes. at House. Yeah, right. Yes, Thanks absolutely. Thank Jeff, unbelievable. Yeah. And Beto. Yeah. That's right, Jeff and Beto. Um, well, you guys have clearly a massive year ahead. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun touring with all 280 artists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, correction. There's 400 artists. But only 280 were on the last album, or the last EP. Bus, so they all have to squeeze in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, for all of our listeners who have not yet picked up the Headwinds EP, go to iTunes, go to thefamilycrest.net, and uh, you can get all the social media from there, Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all those wonderful platforms you guys use. And uh, really, it was an absolute pleasure having you guys out today. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We hope to have you back after the next EP or full length. And, uh, yeah, that's actually, I guess we should hint that, coming out later in the year. January, Beneath the Brine. The Brine is coming. Brine coming. You want to do it? Beneath the Brine. <laughs> that was kind of Thank silly. you, that good Charlie. Really good. I'd do that another time. Say Brine cometh. Brine cometh. <laughs> <laughs> this January... <laughs> Bravo. 2014. <laughs> the Brian. <laughs> That's all, folks. All right. Well, I think this is today. Great <laughs> way to. <laughs> Amazing. All right. All, right. all right. Thanks, you guys. Let's go outside and get some breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Woo!